0: Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of changemakers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. We've had a number of guests on this podcast who work in financial services, and today's guest is someone who works above those organizations. This is Lynn Weinman, president of Kid Glove, and today on the Agency for Change podcast, I'm talking with Richard Beyer, president and CEO of the Nebraska Bankers Association. Richard, I'm excited that you're joining us today. How are you?
1: Well, Lynn, I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to join you.
0: Uh, Thanks so much, Richard. Hey, let's get started today by having you give us a high-level overview of the work that you do at Nebraska Bankers Association.
1: Sure, happy to do it. Uh, You know, we've been around more than 130 years Representing, and we serve as the trade association, leading trade association for banks across the state of Nebraska. Uh, We represent about 166 banks. And with merger activity, that's always a bit of a moving target, but uh, about 166 banks representing uh, almost 15,000 employees. And we have members from Fall City to Chadron and just about every community in between
0: every corner of the state. Richard, one of my favorite stories, we've had the pleasure at Kid Glove of working with a number of Nebraska's fantastic family-owned banks. One of the stories I heard was at the founding of a small town in rural Nebraska over 100 years ago, there were three families and they decided they wanted to have a great town. And so the families decided one family would start a bank. One family would start a co-op and the other family would start a store. And I imagine there was a church that popped up in there as well. And maybe sure. a drinking establishment. Eventually. Yeah, bar,
1: probably bars as part of that. <laughs> program.
0: But I, banks really are the backbone of a lot of Nebraska's communities. Can you speak to the importance of this industry in the state of Nebraska?
1: Well, you know, it really is uh, the banking world is really the backbone of our small communities, and and they support our communities in a lot of ways. And obviously, first and foremost, they provide credit and financing and deposit services to their customers, which is an important world in today's world. And they make sure behind the scenes that uh, your debit and credit cards work when you travel around the world, and that money gets to where it needs to get to. But uh, that's part of the formula. But I think more importantly, as you begin to think about other kinds of things that our Nebraska banks are doing. Uh, Obviously, most of all of them have a presence in their communities. So some kind of a physical presence and providing those services. uh, They're making substantial contributions, both in terms of financial contributions for community projects. And if you go to any community across the state of Nebraska, and whether you're looking at the the turf football field, the local high school activities, uh, Little League, all of those things, uh, the nice thing about banking is it really is a community function. Yeah. Uh, As as you kind of indicated. And so uh, our our banks give back directly to their communities uh, through their time and talent. They also serve as volunteers, educators and community volunteers for a variety of committees and boards and really provide an important leadership function. So I think that's important. Uh, I think the other thing that's happening today from our perspective is that with 15,000 employees, scattered across the state. We also provide great jobs and I'd say great careers with really competitive pay and great benefits.
0: That's a great point. I had not thought about that, That, but that's a lot of employees. That's a great point.
1: It is. And we see the benefits, especially in the rural parts of our state. Uh, Many times uh, we are the secondary income for farm families or small employers. And many of our bankers, and obviously the importance of benefits is is important in that discussion as well. So really banks are the backbone of our our communities and the backbone of the state. And uh, we are the boots on the ground in every community.
0: That's fantastic. You know, Richard, at Glove, we work with a number of nonprofits as well. And I think almost every nonprofit we serve has at least one banker if not more on their board of directors actively volunteering supporting advising usually in that treasurer role on the board often but that that is a great contribution as well so In the past year, obviously, we have been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I know bankers were on the front lines. A lot of times people don't think of bankers as being on the front lines, but they were. And I know Nebraska banks really worked hard on the PPP loan program that helped so many businesses. I'm curious, what was the association's role in all of that? And what were some of the things that you saw?
1: Sure. Well, that's a great question. It's clearly been an unprecedented uh, 18-month cycle, and and we've learned a lot through this process. You know, the NBA sort of played a a bit of a facilitator role throughout Mm -hmm. this process. Uh, In the early stages of the pandemic, we, we, as you mentioned, we saw the the Paycheck Protection Program roll out, quite frankly, without a lot of guidance and direction. Oh, yeah. More questions than answers. Yes. So I I know that our banks were actively reaching out to their customers early in the process. The NBA's involvement was really working with the SBA, with our congressional members and our regulators to make sure that uh, we were doing it and really getting involved in PPP in a safe and sound manner. Uh, We were actively reaching out to customers and consumers as part of that. Uh, You know, final numbers in Nebraska, banks made 114,000 loans.
0: Wow,
1: that's a lot of loans. And it's $5.3 billion mm. in loan capital. 93% of that was made by Nebraska banks, but uh, it, it was an important process. And uh, you know, for us, it was a lot of questions and and not every loan is the same, not every business is, is, is the same. And so we literally worked day in and day out with our members to try and get those questions answered. We also did some other things as part of that that people don't think about. And that was really helping our members understand Uh, what it looks like to do shutdowns,
0: Mm. uh, you
1: know, personal safety for their staff, Right. that, you know, our staff was protected, uh, but still providing financial services. It isn't like you could just shut down a bank branch and walk away. Uh, We still had people working day in and day out. And and so we were heavily involved in that, created a lot of both internal and external challenges that banks had to learn how to deal with in a very quick timeframe. So uh, we we joked, uh, you know, now we kind of joke about the number of meetings and visits and, you know, we were literally doing a member call just about every day for three or four weeks and just working our way through that with our members. And it's things as simple as help me find plexiglass. Vendors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pe- uh, plexiglass, even things like um, hand sanitizer, which would be necessary for when yep. you're bringing clients in, in yep. those cases, very difficult to find.
1: Yeah. And at the same time, you know, in addition to PPP, our banks really stepped up as mortgage rates went down during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who are purchasing homes, buying larger homes, buying homes with home offices in them, all yes. of those kinds of things. And so we had an overwhelming amount of mortgage activity. Uh, so we we're really working, trying to find ways to keep the doors open, uh, working on legislative things like online notary and online signing of documents. So pushing through legislation, working with the governor's office to make sure that we met all of those parameters. So it's been quite the experience and journey. One that I hope we never have to do again, but if we do, we've proven that we can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and and one other one I'll throw in, which is always an ongoing concern in banking that we've learned a lot about is the issue of IT security.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do you help a bank work remotely and move most most of their staff home and still make sure that the IT system is protected and that your customer information is safe?
0: Yeah, I think all businesses but banking in particular, you know, that cybersecurity is is a big issue that we all we all have our eye on. I have to give a shout out. uh Kid Glove works with two community banks, Farmers and Merchants Bank out of Milford and then F&M Bank out of West Point and Bretna. and they they helped us out immensely. Their help and coaching through the PPP process was invaluable to us. So, and I know many others benefited from from working with their community bank Yeah,
1: we've been told, Lynn, just as a side note related to that, uh, interestingly, that the first approved PPP loan in in the country
0: was made by
1: a rural Nebraska bank at 3.42 a.m. on the day that the program
0: I believe it because they were on it before I even reached out to them. They reached out to me and said, what help do you need? Here's what we think you need to do. And you're right, the SBA guidance wasn't clear. As a matter of fact, I think we filled out the forms twice because I think they changed in the early stages they did. A, a couple of times. So, so it was really great. I also have to say some of my fellow entrepreneurs who are who are with larger national banks, which, which uh, I'm not saying bad things about larger national banks, but they had a harder time working with those larger national banks versus our Nebraska-based bankers.
1: Well, I I think part of that is the relationship that our Nebraska bankers, large and small, have with their customers. Right. You know, I I don't know that you always see that, you know, there's a lot of online lending and fintech solution providers, but uh, when a crisis occurs, that's when you need your friends. And in this case, Nebraska bankers are part part of that friend circle in addition to being your business partner.
0: I love that you say that because it's so easy to just push a button and do everything with a faceless uh national provider and having that friend in your local community is really important. So switching gears a bit, uh mm-hmm. I know today more and more people are talking about financial literacy and I know that's something that you as an association as an industry work on both for banks and for smaller communities where they may not have accessible resources. Can you talk with me about to be about some of that work?
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. You know, from a banking perspective, obviously, our, our bankers want smart customers and smart consumers. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's really what this comes down to. And, and our banks get involved in a variety of ways across the state. Uh, you know, we have more than 30 in-school savings banks now where, where they literally have a bank branch inside of an elementary school. That is uh, and great. That number is growing yeah we've Just got five great. more of those in process that that we're very excited about but we have other folks that actually have their own financial academies for students we have other uh, we have one bank that actually provides the Dave Ramsey board game to any customer oh my you know and, and not to mention classroom presentations and we also partner our organization works with a company called Everfi and we partner with uh, state treasurer John Morante and his office to make that tool available to our schools So EverFi is actually kind of a a gamified financial literacy online tool that we provide to the school district across the state of Nebraska. So there's a significant number of ways to do that. The other thing we have done more recently, and and it's been a personal passion of mine because I work closely with the Council on Economic Education, who is out helping teachers be better teachers in the literacy but one of the things that we that we really found is is Nebraska was a little bit behind the curve and so this past legislative session we worked with Senator McKinney from North Omaha and Senator Slama from Southeast Nebraska to push through some legislation which was focused on enhanced financial literacy education mm. standards and then also the legislation as it was approved and signed by the governor does require all high schools starting in 2023 to offer a class which students will have to take before they can graduate.
0: I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's great work that you're doing. I know I had the luck of being hired to work as a drive through teller at a bank when I was in high school, but I knew nothing about banking or checking accounts. I'm very lucky, very lucky that I had a connection and they hired me, but uh, it was a great education for me, and I, I'm glad to know that's happening happening in schools too. You bet. So one thing that I am really mystified by that was not part of banking when I was a drive through teller in high school is the whole world of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Honestly, I find, both of, I find all of those things very terrifying. How is the Nebraska banking industry dealing with these new forms of currency and, and how does the association support that?
1: Well, obviously, uh, cryptocurrency is, is evolving. It's in its in its infancy stage. You know, I've had people ask me, and I, and I kind of joke with them a little bit and say, look, we're kind of in the MySpace age. Yeah,
0: MySpace. and MySpace Crypto- went away. So that is, I'm noting that MySpace yeah. went away.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, if you think about MySpace, it was kind of the early venture into the internet. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing that now in cryptocurrency, and there's going to be an evolution in cryptocurrency to more of what I believe will be a stable coin or something that's backed by the U.S. dollar or gold or the German franc or something like that. So I think there's a great deal of evolution that's going to go on. I I think banks are beginning to wrap their arms around ways to partner in that process to actually utilize cryptocurrency or digital assets Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to use uh, and be able to conduct finance more efficiently whether you're selling product in Africa as a manufacturer in rural Nebraska or shipping popcorn to Europe or, you know, those kinds of things. So I think there's a lot of evolution that will occur. I would tell you, we've got a couple of things. We actually have a uh, upcoming workshop on November 3rd. We have partnered with a a national firm out of Washington, D.C. who specializes in cryptocurrency strategy and and regulation. So we're going on November 3rd, we have a full day workshop here in Lincoln. We've opened that up to the public. So if you That's have anybody great. that wants to join us, they're welcome to do that.
0: All right. I um, could learn a thing or two, huh?
1: Yeah, you could learn a lot. <laughs> I, I think we all will. I, I continue to learn every day. And some I still wonder about a little bit. Uh, uh, the other thing, we were heavily involved with the legislature this year in passage of a bill called the Nebraska Financial Innovation Act, which will allow for the creation of digital asset or cryptocurrency bank charters in Nebraska. Oh, wow. But as part of that we also were involved in putting some guardrails to protect the consumer
0: i appreciate that quite a lot yeah
1: um you know i think last count our legal team uh, to their credit here at the nba i think they drafted about 17 different amendments to that bill <laughs> and and ultimately we're all included in the final provisions of the legislation but the other piece that this legislation allows for is it does allow banks in nebraska to create Basically, separate divisions or departments to manage cryptocurrency assets and serve as a custodial or a custodian for those assets. So, again, a lot of evolution. It's it's uh, evolving rapidly. Yeah. And uh, when we continue, you know, I probably I get up every morning and the first thing I do is check the cryptocurrency trading rates from the day wow. before.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, the world well, is changing. I, I know. I know people. Some people are making a lot of money in that field, and so. Something we all have to keep our eye on, so Richard, are is there are there anything out anything else that people might not know about the Nebraska Bankers Association or banking in general that you feel we should know any any myths we should debunk here?
1: Well, you know I, I don't know if there's any real myths. I, again, I think it's important to recognize the importance that banks play in Nebraska as community leaders, community contributors. You know, one of the things I would tell you is one of the concerns we have is the growing level of competition that's non-taxed. Yeah, There's, there are multiple industries that we compete with every day that have different sets of rules and regulations, and they don't pay tax. And I'm not going to pick any of those industries today, but they know who they are. They want to act like a bank and look like a bank, but at the end of the day, they're not contributing to public safety in Nebraska or to the quality of our public schools. And so, I, I think that's a challenge in in that we want our, our listeners to really understand. And if they have questions, I'd be happy to, to visit about that. But it is a growing concern and one that we need to think about because we're all in this together and we all need to pay our fair share.
0: Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. I do think that probably is another big advantage of the banking industry is, is the tax support that is paid through those banks as well. So, So um, I'm curious. I I like to ask people this question. How did you find yourself in this industry? Did you always want to be in banking, Richard?
1: Uh, No, I I sort of stumbled into it like many good things in in our lives. You know, my background is I came to graduate school here at UNO, wanted to be a city manager and got involved in the planning and economic development business. So that, that was sort of my background. And I had a chance to do that in La Vista, York and North Platte. And then uh, in 2003, I came back to work and went to work for Governor Johans as head of economic development. So, and then I stayed through most of Dave Heinemann's tenure as governor. So I had a chance to get to know our communities I worked closely with the business communities and bankers across the state. But really what I found, and I, you know, as you get older, maybe you step back a little bit more Think a little bit more about your career and what you, what what drives you every day. And for me, it's really a, a passion that connects and bridges government and the private sector.
0: Absolutely. So
1: that's a role I play at the NBA every day that we're bridging regulation and, and desires of, of, of public policy and, and what our uh, member banks are doing.
0: You know, I always say that. I think one of the greatest roles of any association and one of the reasons I as a business like to belong to a lot of associations is I know that you can look after important issues and legislative do the legislative and advocacy work that I as an individual just can't stay on top of all the time so I can see where that experience would be helpful. So as a leader. What advice would you have for for young leaders who want to make a difference in some way?
1: Well, you know, I think the first thing I'd mention, and it gets back to banking careers, uh, we mentioned briefly a little bit ago, you know, we're seeing, like other industries in Nebraska, significant career opportunities. Yeah. Uh, On any given day in Nebraska, we might have seven to eight hundred job openings in the banking sector in Nebraska, kind of the whole gamut from CEO down to part-time teller as we work through the day. But I think as I talk to a lot of young people and I've had a chance to mentor a lot of young folks uh, over my career, you know, I just say work hard, get out yeah. there and listen, show up on time, do the work, get smarter every day. And uh, that's a challenge uh, that we just all have to focus on is learn something new every day. You know, I've always, people ask me about my career and and I have a, the same advice for a lot of these young people. Is you know, do something you're passionate about
0: mm-hmm.
1: and do something you're excited about and make a difference. And that's one of the nice things about banking is literally at sort of that inflection point in life, whether it's buying your first car, starting yeah. your business, buying your first home, whatever it is, your banker is part of that uh, inflection point and literally can have a kind of a touch point on every big spot in your life. And And so I think that's important. Uh, the other thing you'd find about me is I tend to put consider myself more of an offensive lineman. I'm not flashy. I'm, I'm not the five star wide receiver out on the out on the corner that's uh, you know getting lots of publicity. But uh, I'm the center who makes sure that uh, we're blocking and getting where we need to go and and doing what's right for the banking industry and and for our, our Nebraskans. Uh, I think you know you mentioned the myths and and one of the things that I think we have to keep in mind is nebraskans and and nebraska banks want their customers to be successful because if our communities and state don't grow the banks don't grow so we have a vested interest in in a shared mutual success
0: that sounds great so um it, it's only appropriate that you are in Nebraska, right? That you've used that football analogy. So, just
1: gonna say it: Go Huskers! <laughs> yeah, now, if I could get one of those big black hats that Kim uh, Jurgens wears, oh, I can, okay. that's a
0: that's such a great look. I I love that whole thing. That is such a great look. I'm I'm gonna apologize right now to our listeners that are outside of Nebraska. Call me and I'll, I'll talk you through it more. So <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Richard, I am, people who know me know that I am inspired by motivational quotes, and I have the privilege of talking to so many interesting people. Could you give us a few of your own words of wisdom for our listeners?
1: Uh, You know, and that's funny because I I have two college-age kids, and so uh, (laughs) we talk about this occasionally and and things that they hear, now they finish these sentences. So, uh, you know, one of those I'd say is life is not fair, so wear a helmet.
0: I love it. Another football one. That's great.
1: Absolutely. And my kids finish that. If I start to hear them complaining, the answer is life is fair. And then they said, yeah, wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. I love it. They know that. I I think the other one really came from my father. And and my dad was a blue collar heating and air conditioning contractor, worked really hard, you know, never made a lot of money, but did the right things in his life and was involved in the community, served on the school board. And he had a saying that probably stuck with all of us and That was always do the right thing Mm. and always do things right.
0: Both very good. You've given us a bonus. You've given us two. You're an overachiever, Richard. There you go. go. (laughs) So for our listeners who'd like to learn more about your work and the services provided by NBA, how can they find out more about the
1: association? You bet. Uh, I'd encourage them to go to our website at www.ne bankers.org. All right. And uh, if you happen to be looking for a job, it's slash careers. You can take look, a look at those opportunities that are out there.
0: That is great. I imagine bankers like others right now in this economy are have a lot of open jobs with great careers, great benefits. So yeah. nebankers.org and slash careers if you're looking for jobs. And uh, we'll have those in the show notes on the website as well.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Lynn.
0: So as we wrap up our time together today, what is the most important thing, Richard, you would like our listeners to remember about the work that you're doing?
1: Well, I think maybe that we're all in this together. Mm. Uh, You know, I've been in Nebraska since I was about 24 years old. And, you know, I've seen what I'm starting to see is what I would call a real renaissance in Nebraska, both rural and urban. Yeah. Uh, That we're seeing great opportunities. We've got young people coming back. We've got young people staying uh, we've got small businesses are growing, our entrepreneurs are are branching out around the country and around the world with their with their businesses, and, and I just think there's great opportunities, and and I want to, you know, I, wanna, I want people to think about how important that is, and and uh, continue to talk and do this cooperatively, uh, because we all benefit when Nebraska grows and and their economy is is uh, thriving.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that thought, and Richard. I fully believe the world needs more offensive linemen, more people like you. So thank you for taking time to share with us today.
1: I'm glad to do it, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at K-I-D-G-L-O-V.com to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.